guys to drop by. It's a trap. Julie, get us out of here. We would be honored if you would join us. Charming to the dance. This time you have gone too far. I got a bad feeling about this. Hello, what have we here? Red 5 standing by. This is our rescue. You must fear the force around you. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a Jedi. Like my father before me. I like the sound of that. Welcome to Dead Buff and Spies, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Ryan Daly, and I'm here with Nathaniel Wayne from the Council of Geeks, and we are going to pick apart in a little bit more detail the recently released trailer to Star Wars The Force Awakens. Nathaniel, thanks for being part of the show again. Absolutely. Always happy to come back. Uh, You recently released a YouTube video on the Council of Geeks YouTube channel, which was your reaction to seeing the trailer for the first time. I really enjoyed watching that. I've, I've been watching a lot more of those reaction videos. It was something that I was trying to capture when I was doing my reaction with Rob Kelly and the Irredeemable Shag in a previous episode. And I realized you need the, you need the facial expression. You need, you, need, you need to see, because if you were only to listen to an audio version of that video, you know, you'd get me rambling for a while afterwards, <laughs> but the actual impact of it was all on my face. And, and since this is an audio medium we're in, it was a huge grin <laughs> was, was what it was. And that's what you see. That's the point of the reaction videos is seeing the joy, seeing the confusion, seeing the surprise on people's faces that if you're not seeing it, if you're not connecting with their eyes and their faces, then it's just occasionally, Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Yes. What? And it's, that's not a good two minutes to, to listen to. So, um, so to, to explain, to give, if anybody has not seen that video and they should look it up on the Council of Geeks YouTube channel, what were your overall impressions of the trailer? My overall impressions, as was obviously evident by the huge grit on my face, were good. And, and there was a lot I liked about it. I liked the vibe of it. I liked most of what I saw. I loved the music cues and the choice of music cues and the way in which they were slightly different. And it wasn't just obviously recycling the music from earlier. This was obviously redone, re-recorded. This was new versions of these classic themes. Um, and the music probably hit me harder than anything else. Um, but all of it was, was really good. Um, definitely on, on the first watch. And as I've thought more about it, the only thing, and I did mention this in my reaction video, the only thing that I'm slightly iffy on is the space combat. I'm watching it, and I'm not in love with the shooting style that um, that it looks like J.J. Abrams is using. There's nothing wrong with it, and it's okay. It's just kind of not my preference. Is it a, a like a messiness or a chaos of it, or it's, is there something? It, it is. There's something about when the camera basically locks onto a ship, and then the ship is what's stationary, and then the landscape starts spinning around you. There's something about that approach. I, th- I'm not going to knock it as a style choice, but it's not how I personally like to watch. I lo- I prefer stationary geography 
to a stationary ship and the geography was whirling around my head. Um, I mean, I can take some shots where we're going to mess with it, but it, between the earlier teasers and this, I, I'm not in love with the vibe I get from the space battles. But it's again, it's not bad, but that's the only thing close to a complaint that I, that I have to register. Okay. It hasn't bothered me, if anything, because the sense of energy and movement that I get from those sequences feels in line with the sense of energy and movement that I see from every shot of this so far, which oh, yeah. flies directly in the face of George Lucas's style on the previous three. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. And like I said, me saying that it's not my preferred style is not me saying this is a bad thing and this will sting in the movie. It'll be fine in the movie, and if, you, and if it doesn't bother you, I'm sure it'll be even great. It's mm-hmm. just, it's a personal preference kind of thing. Okay. Um, Overall, though, I, I have to say, I love the fact that they are holding on to J.J. Abrams' approach to marketing, which is as minimal as possible, because I was really afraid to watch this trailer, because I don't want to know a lot about the plot. I don't want to know a lot about the story. I've had to avoid your last few episodes of this podcast for that exact reason, as you've gotten into more plot-specific speculations. And this trailer, which is a proper trailer, gives us, here's these characters, here's, you know, a good feel, but we still don't know the story. And, you know, obviously we'll pick it apart and I'm happy to do that. But I I love that this trailer did not tell us, here's all of Act 1, here's our Act 2 twist, here's, because, I mean... The absolute opposite of this would be the Terminator Genesis trailer where they revealed their full hand, which just boggled my mind. Now, Abrams' approach to marketing, he can sometimes go too far with the mystery. Because some, like, uh, an example off the top of my head was when Super 8 Mm -hmm. and the early promotions for that were coming out. And people were like, because it was clear there was some kind of monster. People were like, is this connected to Cloverfield? He's like, I'm not going to answer that. I'm like, dude, it's not. (laughs) You can say it's not. And to to imply anything else is to be a jerk and to jerk people around. I'm fine with withholding information. But he can he can stonewall so much that it it just leads to so much speculation that has nothing to do with the final product that he he would do better just to get people focused. I think his natural inclination is would be to go back to a time when you didn't get any sort of promotional or teasers or trailers for movies where you just showed up to the theater one day and said, "What's playing?" Okay, I'll go into this theater and had no idea what you were going to see. And and I'm 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 in line with that in theory, but he sticks to that so rigidly sometimes that he, he it becomes counterproductive. Right. I think they found a nice balance with this marketing where they, where they're giving us enough that I don't think anybody's is going. You haven't shown me a reason to see this movie, right. but I still don't know the story, which is good <laughs> and. All at once, surprising, pleasant, and also a little bit infuriating, given the fact that our first teaser of this was 13 months before the movie will eventually come out. Um, And in the space of the last, now it's about 11 months, we've seen, I think, four minutes of footage, and still most of it is... Probably not even that. Yeah, most of it is very scenic, landscapey, giving us the vibe, but scant dialogue, barely any wisp of what the story might be. We just have these ideas of who the characters are and what the settings is going to be, uh, but that's really it. I'm, I do hope they said that this is the only full trailer that they will release. I hope Good. they stick to that because. And again, a previous Disney movie when the Avengers: Age of Ultron came out earlier in the summer. 
for about the two weeks before that movie hit theaters, it seemed like Marvel was releasing a little new clip or new TV spot every day. Yeah. And I felt like I had seen about a half an hour of that movie before I saw it in theaters. I still enjoyed the heck out of it, but I was like, okay, you're showing me too much. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I think of Age of Ultron, and as much as, say, seeing the Hulkbuster in the trailer got me pumped for the movie, mm-hmm. that would have brought the theater down if we hadn't known that was going to happen. And we and we went into the theater and saw the Hulkbuster assemble and didn't know be from the marketing right. that it was going to happen, and because you you can give us enough that gives us a reason to go there without giving us everything. And Age of Ultron is hardly the worst offender in these cases. It still has some tricks up its sleeve. They were very good with holding back on Vision, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. But I think I think you're right. There 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 was that sense of. Have I, t- I think Spider-Man 2 probably was one of the worst in recent memories because you could you could almost assemble the entire movie from all the preview footage that was put out. Okay, we are going to be watching the trailer again, kind of picking it apart, not necessarily scene by scene, shot by shot, but in sort of little chunks and sequences. I am going to try and refrain from speculating too much on specific where I think the story is going to go in some of these scenes. Earlier today, I released an episode of Seven Speculations where I posited what I think the first half hour of the movie is going to be like, and Nathaniel chose not to listen to that episode so that he wouldn't be potentially spoiled by it. And I, I actually appreciate that. I, I, I'm a little bit surprised if anybody does listen to that episode with all the warnings that I threw up. Well, you know, I, I'll... After I see the movie, I'll go back and listen to it to see if if you were right at all. That was my open invitation to anybody who wants to skip those episodes. Come back and listen and find out either how horribly wrong I am <laughs> or how prescient I seem. In the so, okay, you're you're, you're either going to be Nostradamus or a buffoon. We we shall see. Who are you? I'm no one. We get our opening chunk with Daisy Ridley. Yep, the character of Ray. That's what we believe her name is. Uh, the opening shots, we see her on Jakku. We see her... She. We've been told that she is a scavenger of some sort. She appears to be within the bowels of an old, crashed... Probably Star Destroyer. I mean, that that's a good bet, given some of the other images we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she's looking for something specific or just looking for anything of, of potential value. I, I was kind of wondering if it looks like maybe she's looking at uh, an escape pod. Uh, if she's trying to find something or what that might be specifically. Oh. Could be, but I mean that could be. And well, no, because there's like there's similar things all down mm-hmm. here. So it just looks like a like a whole line of right. of energy couplings or someone that, that that one just happens to be busted. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, what do you think of her look in this first shot, like with the mask and everything? I mean, that's that's a pretty stark look. That um, I have a I have a feeling that J.J. Abrams, if he had his way, would not have. Have had this shown because I have a feeling it's the sort of image that you show us early on, and you just show us this mass person doing something, and then reveal their face a little bit later. I mean, it's very, it's very strongly got that vibe, that kind of vibe to it. Yeah, 
it reminds me of the Tuscan Raiders it's, a little it's bit. It's got that look a little bit, which again is slightly weird given that this isn't Tatooine, so mm-hmm. I would assume there aren't Tuscan Raiders on this right. planet. But I think, I still feel like it's a nice visual callback. It's a desert setting, yeah. kind of invoking some of those same ideas and images. Some of these, some of these wider shots, do you think that's digital or do you think that's a matte painting? Uh, split the difference, call it a digital matte painting? <laughs> um, I don't know. Because um, I, I don't have a good enough eye mm-hmm. to, to be able to tell the difference at this point. Um, what I will say is that, and it's something you don't think about, it's really interesting to see these sorts of spaceship interiors lit by natural sunlight. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, they're always out in space. Right. So you don't get that. Right. The feeling that I get from this is that she is alone. She's a solitary character, like Solo. Yeah. Um, she's also in a world that is much bigger, mm-hmm. but also kind of dead, uh, a little bit broken. Yeah. I, I actually get slightly conflicting messages. And this, and this is not a criticism. I'm intrigued by this conflicting message. But I get slightly conflicting messages because with the voiceover we get, Who are you? And she says... I'm nobody. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the line that you expect from someone who is hiding. Who mm-hmm. is, you know, whatever they used to be doesn't want any part of it. Right. But then it's immediately followed by that rather longing shot of her looking at that ship in the distance taking off. And that is a look very reminiscent of Luke in, right. in the original Star Wars of, I want to get off this planet. Right. So it's like, are you hiding or are you longing? and Or is it is it some interesting mix of, of both? And... I feel like... I, t- tell me whether or not I'm crazy. Because I've checked other videos and no one else but me has said this. Does that ship flying off in the distance... Does that look like Serenity? Am I crazy? I can see the silhouette. I can see the outline. It sort of looks like that. Yeah. I have no idea what it's supposed to be. I I don't know if we will see a close-up of what that shot looks like. Oh, or probably not. I mean, it's, it's probably just, just there for her to look at in the right. distance. But it looks like Serenity to I, me. It I can really see it. does. I, can see I don't think you're alone. I don't think that's crazy. Two things. First, the opening question, who are you? I love anything that begins a story with a question like that. It goes mm. back to Hamlet. I think the first line of Hamlet is who's there or who is it or something. It's a beautiful way to begin a story because it instantly draws you into a question, a mystery. It it naturally is enticing you. I believe the line is spoken by Lupita Nyong'o's character, who we have not seen, I believe. She's supposed to be playing a motion capture character named Maz Kanata. And if the article in Empire or Variety, I don't remember which one, but one of them said that she's like a pirate queen. So Cool. Cool. If that question is asked, if this if that dialogue her asked the question and Ray answering it is in sequence, I don't think it's in the Jakku part of the movie unless I I wouldn't think so. That's probably an overlay. But the other thing is, we do get that sense that she is longing. She is on this planet and she is longing for something else. We see her staring it, again. If this set of shots is in sequence, she appears to be looking at a ship that is taking off with a sense of longing. This is the next generation of the Skywalker legacy that Kathleen Kennedy was referring to. Yeah. We had Luke Skywalker staring at the twin sons. He was this farm boy who wanted to join the military academy, who wanted to get off this planet, who wanted to do something else. In The Phantom Menace, we had Anakin, who was a slave child, who wanted to get away and do something bigger, do something more important. They were both in desert worlds. Same one, but in this case, we've got another one, and we've got another generation who's 
on this planet, not necessarily by their choice, mm -hmm. and longing for that sense of adventure, that sense of the greater galaxy. Beautiful, like, hits me to the core. Like, just that look tells me who this character is, and... And it, and it tells me that she is going to be the star. She is going to be the protagonist. She might be surrounded by other characters with their own subplots and their own journeys, but I think she is the emotional character that we're going to connect with and see what it, what is her purpose, what is her journey. I was raised to do one thing. But I've got nothing to fight for. Finn. And we get Finn. Um, the sequence begins with uh, a shot that we, a sequence that we've seen from other angles, what appears to be the uh, a leader of the First Order addressing a group of assembled star uh, stormtroopers yep. on what looks like the First Order base. It is this sort of Arctic tundra environment world. I think this is the Star Killer base that they have talked about. Now, we have not gotten a good look at who is doing the talking in this shot. No. Um, it's, it's probably one of two people. It's either character of General Hux, played by Domhnall Gleeson, or Supreme Leader Snoke, played by Andy Serkis. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Snoke is supposed to be a mocap character. A at first, I thought it was Snoke giving like a, a, a dress, but I don't think that is anymore. I think we're... we're being hidden more from Snoke, and Snoke might have a, a less-than-human appearance. So I think this is General Hux. It does have a very sort of, like, uh, Nazi SS officer giving oh, a, yeah. a, a sort of propaganda speech. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, get that vibe. heavily. So, heavily. And I think that, that sense, we're supposed to get the sense that Finn is part of the First Order. He is bought into this. This is what he has been indoctrinated with. Well, I think indoctrinated is a good word because, I mean, unless I misheard him, he said, this is what I was raised for, or I, I, I was... But, like, I mean, the, the key word here is raised. Mm -hmm. So, this to me, and this actually um, sort of feeds into one of the things that I've been a little bit worried about, and it, it gets into a little bit in speculation. Given how old he is, mm -hmm. if he was basically raised into a stormtrooper or a new order that that pretty much means that new order came into existence almost immediately after the emperor was gone so there was not much of a lull they they Probably would not. have picked up the baton pretty much right off the bat yeah i mean i'm i'm guessing he's probably early 20s. Yeah. Um, if this is 30 years later, I mean, maybe if he was if he was a young child, whether or not he was like a newborn baby and that this is pretty... Yeah, I, I don't know. So yeah, I, I think the First Order has been around for a while and he's been brought up in this. Um, and then he says, but I've got nothing to fight for. So he does have a break. Um, we see this crash, this TIE fighter crashing to the planet, which I think leads into the first shot that we saw from the very first teaser. With him, him popping up. He's yeah. on that TIE fighter, he crashes, um, and he's he's looking around, he's walking around. And... I mean, th this is really pretty much the only part, of, well, one of the only parts of it that seems to fairly clearly lay out plot. Like, and we have no idea why he crashes, we don't know if he was fleeing, if he was shot down, none of that we know, but we get a pretty good sense of Stormtrooper, 
planet lands here. She was already there. Right. I have I have made a detailed speculation of how I think that happens. In Don't want to hear it. <laughs> I won't tell you, but it's in episode thirty-one. So if anybody wants to hear it, the the one part of this that I do not understand is I believe he is carrying the jacket that Oscar Isaac's character Poe Dameron is wearing in other shots. I don't know how or why he gets Poe Dameron's jacket. Well, the, <laughs> I don't mean to plug other people's podcasts, but um, <laughs> I'll show you a video when we're done here uh, from a guy by the name of Mr. Sunday Movies. Oh, yeah. I know. I know Sunday Movies. Yeah, um, the Star Wars jacket speculation. <laughs> he, he made a hashtag out of it. Oh, nice. <laughs> he has done a whole... He's made it a whole thing. He's done a couple videos on it now. But the thing is, I'll double-check this. There's actually a couple of different people who have very similar jackets. Similar. That includes Han Solo, Poe Dameron, and Finn actually wears one later that may or may not be one of those same jackets, or maybe another one in almost the exact same style. It seems to be the sort of resistance jacket. It seems yeah. to be something that, that is at least familiar in style or look to what's, what those characters wear. Nothing will stand in our way. Finish what you started. Then our introduction to Kylo Ren. Yep, and first time we've heard him speak, I believe. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this is a very Darth Vader esque voice, um, which would make me nervous. Except, and obviously, I'm jumping ahead. By the end, we do see, from behind, but we see that he obviously, at the very least, gets into a lightsaber battle without his mask on. Right. So that, to me, says that, okay, with the mask, it's kind of a Darth Vader-y voice, but he's not going to be locked in that mask the whole time the way Vader was. And the other thing is, with the mask and this sort of a worship vibe you get off mm-hmm. him, it makes a certain degree of sense if there's been this... if. If the Knights of Ren are, are basically sort of the cult of Vader, right. that they would have helmets similar and do similar voice modulation basically as a way of honoring mm-hmm. who they imagine as their ultimate dark side badass. And that's the one thing that I'm kind of curious and, and confused by is the actual voice where he says, I will finish. And then there's like a good three second pause before he says what you started. And there's the transition where you see what he's talking. It appears like he might actually be talking to the helmet, the helmet of Vader that's been charred from, from the funeral pyre. I don't know if that's just two different lines that were cut and pasted badly. I can't imagine they would be that bad with that. So it's, I don't know if it's he's speaking and he's taking a breath, sort of implying like that there is something wrong about his speech pattern I, I hadn't thought about that that pause so I don't I don't have any immediate thoughts on that that is that is an interesting thing to it, know it's, though. it's it is the kind of pause that my gut instinct nine times out of ten is they they Frankenstein two lines together yeah I, I think they do that in other parts of this and I think they do it better so it's just well it's the other thing is given how modulated his voice already is you could you could alter it to sound more like the same line from the same take and nobody would notice because you're already messing with his voice sound anyway. Right. Uh, so this first shot, it appears to be on the bridge of a new... This is either part of the Starkiller base or this is on his Star Destroyer. And my money's on a Star Destroyer because it's the, the exact same window right. shape. This vibrant, bright look from this red light which... Lens flare in a J.J. Abrams movie? Yeah, what and, is this madness? And... 
I don't know if that's like the super laser coming from the Starkiller base. I think this is going to be another planet moon base thing that shoots a giant laser and destroys planets. I think we get an, a glimpse of that in the, this shot. That's, that's the, their, the Empire, that's you know, they, they, they're collecting galaxies worth of taxes. They got to spend it on something. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's, it's basically a huge public works project. Let's be honest here. It's, um, it's, it's all politics. It's for show. So I like the, that the laser is red instead of green like the Death Star, so it's a little bit yep. different. We see him... As Rob Kelly said, putting a force whammy on Poe Dameron <laughs> yeah. to be torturing him. And we get this sort of melted image of a, a wooded landscape being destroyed by just red fire, which I think is the, I think that's what the Starkiller base does. It It's destroying this planet or it's, it's setting, making the sun go nova and it's, it's wiping this out. Or this could just be an orbital bombardment from a Star Destroyer or a heavy capital ship. Yeah. Uh, I'm not entirely Well, sure I mean, that. the... It's hard to tell because we the, we don't get a good look at these trees before they start getting blasted. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm getting the vibe that we get I, with those trees. I'm getting the vibe that we get from the forest later on in the snow with the mm-hmm. lightsaber fight. I don't. That could me. That could be me projecting. Oh, that's true. That's true. It could be. Like... There are stories about what happened. It's true. So the first thing we have our kind of overhead shot of the Falcon flying through the Jakku sort of starship graveyard uh, chased by TIE fighters. Yep. This was the first time where, and I didn't even notice it the first time, but you brought it up, the first time where I really noticed the musical cues. And that since I was like, I remember that music, but it's a little bit different. I was like, this isn't recycled. This is new John Williams music. It, it, it makes yeah. me smile for the same reason with that teaser that I loved when they had Luke saying mm-hmm. his is lines to force the strong of my family and doing that line exactly as yep. it was done in Return of the Jedi but because I I have that movie memorized right. I recognize this is a new recording right. of this and that it's just something about that of we are giving you what you love but we're not just regurgitating the exact thing we are we are adjusting it and and reusing it in a way to make it better for the use that we are using it for. Mm-hmm. So then we have this scene between Ray and Finn and Han Solo. Might be aboard the Millennium Falcon. It might be somewhere else. Uh, she says there were stories about what happened. He said it's true. All of it. I mean, the, the, I, I think everyone has pointed out why it's perfect that it's Han saying that. Because he was well, the one who brushed all this stuff off. And again, Han, Han has what could very generously be called, I guess, a sort of monologue in this, uh, a sort of a, a collection of lines that, yeah. again, might be taken out of context, and this might be referred to lots of different things. Like, uh, But the, gener- the, the idea, I think the, the impression that they're supposed to be getting is that he's talking about basically the legend of Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. and the destruction of the Empire from the classic trilogy that we saw. It could also be referring to something else, I'm wondering if she's asking him basically why she's been on that planet for so many years. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm going to make this one of my speculations or not, but I'm wondering if Han put her there. Han put her on Jakku to keep her safe, huh. to keep her out of sort of the galactic thing. Maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe against Leia's wishes or without Leia's say-so. Well, it, it's, it's part of that push and pull that I talked about earlier, which is that, I you know, I get a joint vibe that she's hiding but also wants 
to be free. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't know. Cause, cause you know, that, that longing to get off is what's holding her back logistical. Like, has mm-hmm. she not scavenged enough stuff to raise the money to get off or does she know she can't leave, right. but still really wants to. Right. Um, and then we get our shot of the stars fading into star lines uh, and the Millennium Falcon jumping to light speed from the different, we're from an exterior shot that we've not, which we've never seen. And also, I like this. We get the the part. Uh, well, actually, because actually we have seen. We've never seen it from this angle before, right? Um, but it's it's the part of hyperspace that I think has only appeared once. I forget which. I think it was. I think it was Empire. Like there's one shot that's from behind the Millennium Falcon, right before they come out of hyperspace. That is, I think that, it's from the first Star Wars. I forget which it's is either, the, it's either that or it's Return of the Jedi. I don't think it's an Empire because the Falcon doesn't jump to light speed in Empire. Uh, That's uh, a major plot point. You're right. Okay, <laughs> fair point. Um, regardless, that it, it's the first one. It's definitely it, it's it, right. It's right before they they jump out to where Alderaan should be. Yeah, yeah. There is one shot mm-hmm. from the exterior while they're in hyperspace, and it is like yeah. this. Yeah, and I swirl exactly. And I and again, it's one of those things. I love that they pulled that mm-hmm. from something that, as someone who has seen these movies way too many times, I immediately recognize. But no, it has not already been done to death. Right. While also giving us the star blurring thing that we all know. Right. The dark side. We got two quick shots of what everybody is believes to be, and I agree with it, the Knights of Ren. Yeah. And this is something that J.J. Abrams has talked about, that Kylo Ren is part of this order, the Knights of Ren. They have some sort of cultish worship of Darth Vader. I don't know what the word Ren is in reference to, if it's part of Vader's history that they're just kind of making up. They said Kylo Ren is not his birth name. He took that name when he became part of this order. We see Kylo Ren along with six other people, all in black, all with slightly different costumes. They're all... Yeah. He's the only one with a lightsaber, but... They've all got helmets, though. They do. They all have helmets. This surprised me in how much I like this, because this this actually gave me something about Kylo Ren that I it just never dawned on me. And it's because this is my first time really looking at him without the hooded cloak. Mm-hmm. These look like knights. Like medieval mm-hmm. knights. There's... It looks like a sort of leathered chainmail like tunic over the sort of medieval armor. And Darth Vader's costume is very much modeled off of samurai warrior yeah. armor from feudal Japan. Now we're getting this feudal Europe like well, you know, with with the lightsaber exactly. resembling a broadsword exactly. on top of that. Exactly. This looks like the Black Knight from <laughs> Pick your pick your your story, but that's what it is. These are the Black Knights, and that's I'll bite that's, your legs off. Exactly. <laughs> this is a weird, dark, horrifying version of Camelot, and I just that, that whole idea. I was like, I love all of this, <laughs> and like I I am somebody I've gone on record again on this podcast of being very anti Sith and what the image of the Dark Jedi has become over the last couple of years of the expanded universe and the continuity and everything. I want to spend a lot more time <laughs> with these guys and what this is. Uh, and it's just something about seeing him. Like, now the mask makes sense. It's just that little visor in the eyes when you see yep. a Black Knight's mask. And like, you don't need a, a, something cool gimmick about, like, the face or or something. It's, oh, I love this. <laughs> it really, really surprised me. 
That's cool. I had I hadn't put that much thought into it, but yeah, no, you. Yeah, when you see him without, because you just you tend to notice the hood and the cape and everything, because that's what the dark Jedi's have always worn. But when you strip that away, there's something very classical knight-like about his costume. Oh yeah. A Jedi. Okay, all right. We have so, more voiceover from Han saying the dark side, the Jedi, they're real. He continues to basically be telling them the story. Throughout this, we get a series of shots of combat shots in not Jakku, but a terrestrial environment. Uh-huh. I think we're actually seeing two different worlds in these shots. Okay. I think the one shot that is Poe Dameron climbing out of the X-Wing and sort of greeting Finn... Well, that, which, that, that looks like a before we take off... I mean, that, that had the ring of of the cutscene with uh, with Luke and Biggs. Right. Um, right. From that is, that is our resistance base, wherever it is. That's where, yeah. the, that's where the their fleet is. We see X-Wings, we see a bunch of pilots and like support personnel... The camera kind of stays on Finn and looks at him. There's the Millennium Falcon is parked behind him in the background. Well, I, I, I love the timing used. And who knows if it's intended to be misleading or prophetic. Mm-hmm. But the point at which Han says the Jedi is right when the it's right. timed very carefully where the camera moves off of Poe and like, mm-hmm. we're going to stay with Finn. Yeah. There's something about this moment where... It looks like Finn is like basically tapping him on the shoulder, or, or Ray, or sorry, Poe was tapping him on the shoulder, saying, "Hey, good job out there, or good work." And it had that vibe, yeah. And Finn is kind of giving him this look, and again, uh, I I think they have seen each other before. I think this is their first time meeting after an, an event earlier in the story, but it seems like this moment might be more meaningful for Finn than it is for Poe. Well, I mean, my my first thought is if if Finn is a stormtrooper mm-hmm. and has been or has been raised into that or or indoctrinated or whatever, I mean, stormtroopers are they they get numbers, they get no individual recognition, they get nothing. So if if Poe, you know, whether he knows who Poe Dameron is or not, I mean, doubly if he does know who he is right. and respects him, you know, go, g- gives him like a good job, pat on the shoulder, like he's never gotten that. <laughs> he's like, wait, wait, what? I did. I did good. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's an interesting thought. Um, I love the landscape. I love all the, the support. It's, like it's the very new, reminiscent of of like the muster base before the battle of, yeah. of the Death Star at Yavin. We get a sense of a few aliens. This guy, I pointed him in the back. It's it's over Finn's left shoulder when the camera lingers on him. I don't know if it is exactly, but I've tried to do a close up. He reminds me of the Snaggletooth alien from the Mos Eisley Cantina. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's that exactly. There's also another alien pilot in the background that they have shown. It's yeah. it's been in the marketing that at first they called him the Catfish because of the way his alien looks. Yeah. I think they've actually released a toy of him, and his name is Elo Asti. And people are thinking this is one of J.J. Abrams' fun inside jokes about the Beastie Boys that he puts into all of his uh, movies, like the album Hello Nasty. They haven't shown us a whole bunch of the aliens. I, I am kind of hoping that, you know, we'll get some new aliens, I have no mm-hmm. doubt. I'm kind of hoping that we'll see, like, one of the, an alien from earlier that had just been a background alien, like at Jabba's palace or mm-hmm. in the Mos Eisley Cantina in a more featured role, just because I, I like that kind of a through line. Obviously not the same character, but that right. kind of alien right. that we've seen before, just do something more. Mm-hmm. 
So now the battle that we're seeing on the, this location that is by water, it's either by an ocean or by a lake. It's between, we see X-Wings fighting TIE fighters. We also see stormtroopers on the ground. I do not believe this is the same planet as the, the base where we saw the Resistance taking off. There was some mention if it was in... It was either in that Variety or Empire Magazine article where they talked about Lupita Nyong'o's character, yeah. Maz, being a pirate. I think they said she has a castle, like a pirate castle. So that's probably that, that th- sort of temple-ish looking right. thing. Right, and the, the sequence where it looks like Han is leading Finn and Rey and BB-8 into this temple with a bunch of weird flags around it. I, I think this might be Maz Kanata's castle, or it could be like a secret entrance into a resistance base, but I think there would be more security than this weird old red droid that seems to be greeting them. I know, which I like the look of, because th- this is a sign of good special effects, because I can't make up my mind if that is CGI or practical. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I like not being able to, to exactly, tell. Exactly, I think it's great. Now, somebody online, I didn't spend a whole lot of time looking at it. I just noticed that somebody did it. Somebody online has actually gone through and looked at these flags. Oh, the, I saw something like, like that one there is kind of like the uh, Mandalorian mm-hmm. um, but more symbol. Than, a lot of those flags were from the pod racing scene in The Phantom Menace. <laughs> Remember how every pod race had their own flag? Had, yes. Yeah, well, yeah, because they shoehorned in C-3PO carrying Anakin's yep. flag. Yep. Because... A lot yeah. a lot of those flags were used from that scene, or they, or they have the same banners or images. Now, I don't know if that's... I don't, I, I'm sure... That probably means nothing. Somebody will write an in-story reason for that, of how they collected there, all of those there, flags. There will, there will, but, be, a, there will be a three-volume fan-fiction opus yeah. on how those flags got there. Uh, the Wikipedia has its work cut out for it with this little <laughs> scene, this one little shot. We get the, the sequence again, the shot from the, from the earlier teaser... Some hooded figure wearing what looks like a black cloak, but a white shirt and what looks like a robot hand, a cybernetic hand, petting R2-D2 or holding R2-D2 while there seems to be a fire in the background. We have no reason to believe this is anyone other than Luke. Yeah, I'm going to want to talk about that later, but we'll talk about what is here first. We'll talk about what isn't here (laughs) at, at the end. Force. It's calling to you. Now we're getting into the, the point where the speculators have been going crazy. Right. Um, a few quick shots. We see stormtroopers. We see the the ship. This is Kylo Ren's ship landing. Uh, oh, okay. It's got it's got kind of a weird ship, but it's it's got these two giant. It's sort of like the reverse of the Imperial shuttle from Return of the yeah, Jedi. Yeah, it, 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 it had the vibe of the shuttle, but obviously they almost seem impractical in how high they are. It's like how does this thing land in a star destroyer's docking bay? Well, probably folds yeah. up same way the. <laughs> um, we see. Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma I, just walking, which, again, this is the only thing we've seen her do is walking around looking back. I want to know so... I mean, the the way you want to know so much more about the Knights of Ren, I want to know so much more about her. Like, for, from... And I, I mean, I know who the actor is at right. this point. I didn't and when I saw that first teaser where we right. got the first image of her. But and I, and I knew then, and I was excited, but I held back. Because yeah. I was like, I, I was like, you're going to go crazy when you find yeah, her. Yeah, and I, I love that. But that... That first shot, when I first saw this, just this chrome stormtrooper just striding down this hallway, I'm like, I want to know more about that. Yes, please. And I think they're holding a lot back about her, but I I felt this way for a long time. I think in terms of the pop culture 
appeal and the sort of marketing and what we're going to see. Kylo Ren will be the new Darth Vader. Yeah. I think Captain Phasma will be the new Bubba Fett. I think she will have that sort of the tattoo factor, the cool yeah. t-shirt factor. This is what, it, she will be like the new sort of Boba Fett of that time. And there's even a little bit of a look with sort of the half cape and yeah. the way she holds the gun, sort of like the way Boba Fett held his carbine. Yeah, just sort of cradling mm-hmm. it a, a little yeah. bit. Just a great look. I love I love the idea of this character. Um, a huge, very heavily analyzed scene of Daisy Ridley, tears in her eyes, in what appears to be a snowy, wooded area Hunkering over at least one body, maybe a body, maybe two bodies. Um, uh, yeah, and th- this this shot mm-hmm. has been the source of endless speculation. And I'm going to be probably the only voice to say this. I don't think anybody's dead. I don't in this shot at mm-hmm. least. I don't think anyone is dead because I think J.J. Abrams is so paranoid mm-hmm. about. I mean, for crying out loud, people figured out that the hand going up against the glass um, in the in the early trailers for um, Star, Trek. Star Trek Into Darkness was Kirk's hand by analyzing the veins on it. He <laughs> knows not to put something that is going to point to something that he doesn't want to reveal. He knows that by now. Mm-hmm. So for my money, she's obviously distraught. Somebody is probably hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone is dead in this shot. And I think that's how, and I, I think it's, we may be wrong to assume that. I definitely think that's possible. But uh, some, I, I do think she is over a body, whether or not it's somebody injured, whether or not it's somebody dead. I don't know. Well, and, and this, well, this comes back to the Star Wars jacket speculation. You get over here, mm-hmm. this bit of jacket, but as sort of we've noted, we've seen at least three different people with jackets like this. Right. So that jacket is not a clear indicator of right. anything. Could be Finn, could be Poe, could be Han. Um, this area on the right side looks free, maybe chewy, but also it could be chewy, but it could be hair. I mean, it could be hair. That could be a shoulder. That could be the head. Somebody could be wearing a furry a woolen jacket or something. Yeah, they're in the snow. I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams is laughing his butt off at how mm-hmm. much people are reading into that shot. Right now. <laughs> so we've got this shot of. Finn, Chewbacca, and Han with their hands up like they are surrendering or like they had been surrendering. Yeah, I hadn't even noticed the bandage on Chewie's yeah, arm. Yeah, Chewie seems to have taken an injury or something. Um, and they start to put their hands down and they're very surprised. Uh, I don't know if I want to speculate on what I think this means. I don't well, know if I want I mean, to... I'm just going to say they, they, have, they have the look of one of two things either happened. Either the cavalry just came mm-hmm. or... Something way worse than they just surrendered to just showed up, <laughs> and and I'm I'm gonna leave it at at, the, at that vagueness, but. <laughs> Finally, we have another battle sequence. This time over the snowy planet that I think is Starkiller Base. Yeah. Um. Something tells me this might be, like, the last big battle of the movie. It looks like a trench. Yeah. <laughs> it does look like a trench. I'm, I'm just, I'm just hopefully, hopefully they, they you know, covered all of the air, air, air ducts. <laughs> we see some intercuts with the Falcon flying away from the TIE Fighters. Looks like the destruction of a bridge of a Death Star or another yep. ship. Maybe the same one, maybe not. Oh, they're going to kill the mouse droid. Maybe. Um, and then, of course, the big reveal at the very end. We see 
First, a, a shot that was posted on Star Wars Instagram account of Finn igniting the blue lightsaber yep. in the snowy woods. And then what he is facing appears to be Kylo Ren, as you point out, unmasked. Without the helmet, he's got the longer black Adam Driver hair. Finn does not look entirely confident. Which I love, because he's got he's got this look of, okay, when he lights up the saber, but as Kylo Ren is approaching him, the look on his face is just, oh god, oh god, mm-hmm. oh god, I'm gonna die. Yeah. Uh, and somebody on uh, Facebook friend, Van Z, mentioned that you know, Finn might not be a Jedi. If we believe that Rey might be an heir to the Skywalker bloodline, then, you know, maybe she is the Force. Finn might not. Finn might just be picking up a lightsaber and trying to defend himself as best he can. I mean, that's the... It's actually funny that now that we think about it, that six... Six movies in this thing, we've never had anyone who is not a Jedi or trying... or training to become a Jedi ever pick up a lightsaber. Han used it to cut open a Tauntaun. Okay, yes, fine. That's why I think I think that is the, that only, is the only time that someone who is not a Jedi or learning to be a mm-hmm. Jedi has ever had their hand on a lightsaber. Right. Now this brings me back to something that we could speculate. Okay. I think this sequence is on or around the same time of this sequence that we see, or the shot of Daisy Ridley crying over somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems I mean, to be the same setting. Yeah, it's it, the, the lighting as far as the time of day, or rather night, mm-hmm. is consistent with that. It, it had the same snowy vibe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a fair call. Now, if Kylo Ren is highly trained in lightsaber combat and he has the force, who do you think is going to win this battle? I think it's a pretty easy guess who's going to... I mean, unless... Unless something intervenes, right? Um, unless right. unless an outside right. factor comes in, yeah, right. Finn is not coming out of this in good shape. Now, I do not believe Finn dies. Oh, I think no, I, I don't either. I think they have confirmed he's in Episode Eight. I don't know if that's official, but I think they have. I'm. I'm that's. I mean, now who's confirmed to come back in Episode Eight is stuff. I'm really. I, oh, especially since they're filming it, I have tried to avoid any information about Episode Eight because I don't want to know if they're saying this person was was seen on the set. I was like, I don't want to know if they survived. Yeah. Now, but I'm assuming he lives. But what typically happens in Star Wars movies when somebody loses a lightsaber fight? Well, they tend to lose a limb. They tend to lose a limb or two. Now, that might explain why he's on the ground if Ray is hovering over his body crying. Yeah, and again, there's the jacket. Right. Now, if he loses a hand or so... So, are, are we now putting him up for grabs for uh, the hand on R2? Maybe that's not Luke Skywalker. It's possible. At the same time, this is also the only shot we've, we've got of R2. We have no... Right. We we haven't seen. I mean, we've got no shots of R two with you know Han and Leia are the mm-hmm. main ones we get. We get some more time with, or or any of the people who we've seen with them. Right. So, given that R two is has no connection with anything else, right? I believe that is Luke Skywalker. I'm yeah. just saying it's possible. It's possible. Sure. Um, okay. So. Um, they, I think we only get one shot of Leia. Um, she is yeah. hugging Han. This, to me, looks like a pre-battle, oh my god, I can't believe you're having to go off and do this again mm-hmm. moment. Either That's, that's what I read. Right. Either it's, it's worry about something that they know has to happen or something that has already happened. Maybe, yeah. maybe somebody has died, maybe somebody has been captured or kidnapped. I don't know. She she seems to be crying. Han, judging based on just his lower jaw and his lips, 
seems to be upset about something. Yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, but, you know, those, those lips, they say a lot. Right. Uh, we could read anything. Um, I love this one shot of a TIE fight, uh, an X-Wing shooting a Stormtrooper. <laughs> and actually, this is another Stormtrooper 2 that seems <laughs> to be getting blown off of some yep. like, ground or something just flying. But... Flying through the air, so. currently upside down. Uh, is that more of them in the background? It very well might be. Yeah, it's either another ship or it's more debris or more bodies flying. And then we get the title. I think everybody, when it faded to black, everybody was waiting for one last shot. Yeah. Uh, just this expectation that, are we going to get a little stinger? Are we going to get a little stinger, like one last thing? And it's like, nope. no, we're going to fade into promoting the TV show. That... Yeah, or tickets on sale, which were not yeah. on sale or were not available for many people. Well... The Fandango crashed. Every, so. Fandango wasn't the only one. Um, um, so, okay, you said there were things that this trailer does not show up. Well, I mean, the big thing is Luke Skywalker, and at this point he is conspicuous by his absence. Mm-hmm. Um, because, granted, we've only gotten one shot of Leia, but we've seen all the other characters who we know. Except for C-3PO. We haven't seen C-3PO. Now, they've shown him in promotional images. They're not hiding him. <laughs> Actually... Anthony Daniels gave an interview not too long ago where he basically complained about the level of secrecy on this <laughs> film and how he thought it was a little bit ridiculous and how he was just like, they're, they're going way over. And he was basically just complaining because if you know anything about Anthony Daniels, he is a promotion whore. Yeah. He goes to every single convention, stuff that's not sci-fi or fantasy related. He'll just show up at your house someday and talk about <laughs> his experiences in Star Wars. And I think he wants to blab about everything and their whole, and they're handcuffing him. And I, he basically went on and did an interview where he was complaining about it. He was bitching about not being able to spoil all the secrets. <laughs> I think they kept him out of the trailer as a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of... I think they're trying to downplay his yeah. part. I don't think, I don't think there's any big secret to C-3PO, but yeah, I mean, at this point, we've heard Luke, we've heard his voice, mm-hmm. and that hand, probably still him, but we have not had a clear look at him, and that, that's a little odd mm-hmm. at this point. Right. Especially if, since we know what he looks like, yeah. we know what Mark Hamill looks like, we know yeah. he if, did. If I were to make a guess as to why, I'm going to say it's because he does not have a lot of screen time in the movie. And that there is not much that they can show that doesn't wreck what it is he's doing. For my money, he factors in primarily at the end. Because I figure, you know, without getting into specific plot speculations, Mm -hmm. but broad ones, I figure uh, Ray and Finn obviously hook up with the Resistance, with Han and Leia. Luke is not there. Luke is somewhere else. And whoever is going to be force training has to then find Luke. So Luke is a distant thing. That is going to come in at the end, and I think in a lot of what, hopefully more satisfying than this, but in a lot of ways is going to be part of the sequel hook because it's going to be like, okay, you've you've done this now, but now I need to train you, and that'll lead us into the next episode. So I think a big part of his absence is just they probably don't have a lot of footage to pull from because he all of the stuff he appears in for my money is in the at least second half, if not last act of the movie. And I think that's what it's going to be. I I think he might be in the last half hour. It might be like the last scene. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping it's not just we see him at the very end. and then No, no, no. That, that, that would annoy me. I, I hope he does have a part in the story. That it's yeah. not just this quest. And, oh, yeah, we get to him and then that's where we're going to continue on the next time. I, I hope he has a part in the action. 
I think he will, and I think it will be a fairly dramatic and impressive holy crap moment that they were trying to keep under wraps. Yeah. And if that's the case, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Keep me in suspense. Now, that said, <laughs> can I sound off a little on, on how our mutual friend Paul ticked me off? <laughs> now, Paul is not the only one to voice this. This has uh, been, this, I have seen he, this. He's the one I heard it from. So I've he's seen, the one I have seen this rumor and the speculation on the internet. My wife voiced the same thing. Uh, Shag, when he was on episode 30, voiced the same type of fear. So this, somewhere collectively, people watched this trailer and got this impression. And the impression is that Kylo Ren, the man under the mask, might be Luke Skywalker, or that, some, or in some other way, Luke Skywalker has gone dark and right. is is on the other side. And, and you, I, and I, you and I are both on the same page. I hate that. I do not believe it is the case. I, don't I do either. not believe it I at don't all. Either. But God, when Paul even suggested it, I wanted to break something because just having to think about that as a possibility, even if I don't believe it, mm-hmm. just made me so angry on so many levels mm-hmm. ah no it's not, absolutely it, not it would it would fly in the face of everything about the classic trilogy everything we know about Luke Skywalker and you point out like everything about Return of the Jedi was building towards that moment where he's like no this was his last yeah. temptation he, he faces he, the exact same right. temptation that his father faced and where his father said yes he right. says no and if you are going to tell me that between movies, you're not even going to show it, between movies, he went, oh, no, Dark Side's cool, I'm going that way. No, right. no, you did not. Now, we also know from a on-the-surface pragmatic standpoint, that's not him. They hired an actor, Adam Driver. Well, yeah. I know some people Some people have said, that's just classic J.J. Abrams misdirection. No. 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 They hired an actor, like an Emmy Award-nominated actor, maybe like Adam Driver's got some street cred. He's not going to go to like San Diego Comic-Con and be like, yeah, I'm in this movie, when he's not. <laughs> no. That, the, the whole idea... The idea that Luke is Kylo Ren is ridiculous on its face. Right. The idea that Luke could potentially be a villain has a touch more credibility, only insofar as you can't just logistically go, no, that's a pro- that's a disprovable right. fact. But it, it would everything about be... it would be wrong. Right. Absolutely everything about that concept and that notion. I know some people really really love the the dark and the fallen hero storyline and that's fine and you can have that but you cannot have that with Luke no. you can't have him no. yeah i i don't know where he is in the galaxy now i hope i hope he hasn't been in hiding doing nothing with the legacy of the jedi and the force for 30 years mm. i hope he's been a little bit more proactive than that unless unless they reveal that something scared him he had some bad experience or there's some i just I mean, if he went hermit, I'm sure there are ways they could justify him going hermit. But, but beyond ending the reign of Darth Vader and the Emperor, he was given this task by Obi-Wan and Yoda to pass on what you had learned. Mm. And they told him there is another Skywalker. Like, there, yeah. there, the Force is strong in his family. Like, he's got a... If Leia didn't become a Jedi and use the Force, and we haven't seen any indication that she might have, then he's got to be doing something. And if, if, if they just... If they decide that he basically had post-traumatic stress disorder after Return of the Jedi and went into hiding for 30 years, I'm going to be pissed off. Uh, that I wouldn't be thrilled with that, but it wouldn't piss me off. 
it, it wouldn't be as bad as him turning into the dark well, side. Well, no, would, nothing would be as bad as that. But it, it would... That would feel like... They, they would have to work really hard to explain that and not feel like an, a betrayal of the character as well. Yeah. I mean, okay. Luke, by his nature, he's just, he's just more proactive than that as as a right. as a character. Right. He yeah. So, I mean, but we don't know. I mean, we know right. nothing right. on Luke right now. Right. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I mean, the last time we saw him, he was sad. He was mourning the death of his father, but he was also smiling and hugging and kissing his family and friends. Yeah, he wasn't emotionally wrecked. Any last comments or thoughts about the trailer? I like it. Even picking it apart, I still like it. I'm glad that it's the only one they're putting out. And I, <laughs> I am stunned by the amount of geeks who sat through a game of football to watch that. Because like, <laughs> I, when I found out that that was how it was airing, I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'll check back online every 20 minutes or so to see if it's up yet. There's no way I'm sitting through a football game to watch this. I cannot believe how many people put themselves... I mean, people who just fundamentally... And I'm not saying no geeks like mm-hmm. sports. I mean, I know you like sports to a certain degree, but... Just statistically, the percentage of people who are heavily geeky, just who reject sports as a concept and a thing, sitting through that, why would you do that? I really, really want ESPN or ABC or Disney or somebody to release what are the typical viewer numbers for a Monday night football game, and what is the drop-off during the second half of a Monday night football game on a typical night. And what was it for this? And what was the (laughs) viewing numbers for this one, and what was the drop-off after halftime? Because you know the nerds who were watching this just for Star Wars didn't care who won that game. No, absolutely and, and not. And for, for everything that I've heard, it was an awful game. Like, everybody has said, like, if you had to watch any football game, this was a bad one to watch. But oh. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mentioned that I my the splitter on my cable and internet broke that day, so I had to choose watch TV or go online. I mean, it was such an easy call for me, though, because you know it's going to go online, if not the exact same minute, within 10 minutes mm-hmm. of... It's, so I don't understand why people did that. Was it really that vital that they see it 30 seconds sooner than it was available online? I mean, I kind of get the communal aspect, the spectator thing of everybody. I, I get if you are literally in a room with your friends right. and you're having a collective experience with them. Okay, fine. But if you're sitting alone at home and you're having a <laughs> communal experience with a bunch of people mm-hmm. online who you don't really know. No, I'm sorry. I guess maybe that's just what were the what were the nerds thinking? Because I saw an article on Forbes uh, published that Monday morning, where the writer was basically saying this trailer is not for us. I read that I read yeah. that article, and actually reading that article was a big part of what maybe I was never going to watch the game, mm-hmm. but I was I did debate briefly whether I was going to pop on the TV intermittently to see if mm-hmm. it was airing soon, or pop online to see if it was online soon. Right. And reading that article, since it's like, no, I'm just going to go online. And the gist of the article was basically, like, the people who have been following Star Wars and, like, this news, they're going to see the movie anyway. They're already excited and they're going to download the, the thing online. This trailer really was for people who are watching Monday Night Football because yeah. they want to watch Monday Night Football. And they might never have heard that there's going to be a new Star Wars movie, or they don't care. But they see that and they're like, 
Hey, I mean, for in that hey, sense, in that sense, cool. it was a Super Bowl promo. It was a Super yeah, Bowl commercial. Pretty much, that's what it was. And some people just and you know, people watch the Super Bowl and they want to see the commercials, but they're also like, hey, there's a new Transformers movie coming out this summer. I'm going to see that. I'm not. <laughs> Bad example. <laughs> there's a new Transformers movie coming this summer. I'm going to move to Canada. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much for uh, going over the trailer with me, Nathaniel. Where can people find you online if they want to hear more of your thoughts about comics, movies, pop culture, anything? Uh, you can find me all over the place. Basically, you're you're going to find me under Council of Geeks. You'll find me on Twitter under Council of Geeks. You'll find me on Facebook under Council of Geeks. You'll find uh, the podcast Council of Geeks on iTunes and on Stitcher. And now that podcast feed is home to 90s Comics Retrial, where I re-examine my own personal comic book collection, uh, all of which was bought between 92 and 96, and try and give what most people would consider to be some of the worst comics ever made another shot to see if they actually are that bad or if maybe there's something worth redeeming. Usually there isn't, but sometimes there is. All right, well, thank you very much for being on this episode of Dead Bop and Spies. Absolutely. Before closing this episode, I have a correction to make. According to StarWarsNewsNet.com, the music used in the trailer is not part of the soundtrack to The Force Awakens. In fact, it wasn't even composed by John Williams. The score for the trailer was assembled by multiple composers who remixed versions of the classic Star Wars themes, adding their own flourishes and fillers. This is not an unheard of practice. In fact, it's pretty common for studios to hire additional musicians to create music just for the trailers or TV spots. I don't know the names of the composers who worked on the Force Awakens trailer, but I would like to buy them a beer, because they did an awesome job. If you want to hear the music from the trailer, it has been released, sort of officially, on YouTube. You can search for the Force Awakens trailer music cut, and you should get it. Rest assured, though, that John Williams is composing the music for the new movie. I'm sure he's hard at work right now, and I'm confident it will be great. I mean, the music to the prequel trilogy was the one element I think everyone can agree was not a letdown. Feedback for the show can be left on the blog page, deadboffinspies.blogspot.com, or the Facebook page at facebook.com backslash deadboffinspies. You can also review the show on iTunes, and you can track me down on Twitter at ryandaily01 or the username Count Druncula. Dead Bath and Spies is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or Walt Disney Company, and the views expressed on the show belong solely to the speaker. All music, audio clips, and quoted text are used for entertainment purposes and believed covered under fair use. And since I make no money off this podcast, no copyright infringement is intended. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars trailer be like. <laughs> <laughs>